The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATEABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. Meet like-minded people who share your interests over brunch. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. And the beautiful, wonderful, sexy voice that you just heard was my main woman, UA. And that sort of sexy voice you just heard 
sort of, <laughs> was by my co-host, Michael Vargas. On each episode, we dissect a dating story, and today we have a lovely guest, Kiana, on the line with us. Hello. Hey, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, Kiana, can you please tell us the story that you got for us today? Um, so mine is not necessarily a story about a date that I've been on, but more just some wonderful feedback and conversation that I've had with my male cousins about why I am still single. <laughs> and I mean, I guess <laughs> everyone needs some honest feedback every now and then, I take it. Apparently your male cousin is good for that. Apparently, all of them are good for that. So I was at a family reunion over the summer and um, my cousin decided to sit down with me and just say, Kiana, like what's going on? You should be with someone by now, like what's going on? And I was like, I don't know, you tell me. And he said, very honestly, well, I think you're probably just not aggressive enough. And I'm pretty sure that men approach you plenty and you shut them down immediately. And he's like, not to blame you for that because the men that are approaching you are probably the ones that spit the most game. But he's like, I'm pretty sure you have never approached a guy when you're out in public that you like. Um, he said that I need to think about making the first move. But in my opinion, I told him, I want a guy who still is aggressive and likes me enough that wants to come up to me. But he was like, but you know when that happens, those aren't the right guys. So how do you figure this out? And I'm like, I have no clue. <laughs> like this is, I guess, why I'm single. If I knew how to discern between the two, I would have a boyfriend by now, maybe. Um, but I think that's kind of one of the things of whether or not women these days need to make the first move uh, for the type of guy who is not aggressive. And I think in San Francisco especially. So I need to maybe think about if I want someone who's a little bit more humble, then maybe I need to make the first move. And according to my cousin, this is my problem. <laughs> Uh, I have a very strong opinion. Oh, I want to hear that because I need more opinion. opinion. Wait, go ahead. You hit it first. I don't believe the girl should ever make the first move. Ever. This is why I don't believe in Bumble. I don't mm -hmm. believe that app works. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in messaging someone on Tinder first. I just don't believe in approaching guys because psychologically, guys feel like they need to work for a woman. Now, mm -hmm. some may disagree with me. Um, a lot of men have actually tried to argue with me, but then when you get to the core of it, men want to feel like they accomplished something and they earned something. Yeah. So if a woman makes that too easy, then her stock value goes down. Mm -hmm. I agree with that 100%. Like this is why I never, I had like a rule that I would never ever write someone first on any dating site. Like I want to know that you're interested in me, so show me, right? I think he was saying though, but the guys who are like trained to do that are the ones who are used to approaching women and are constantly doing that and they're the ones playing the most games. So how do you get- We gotta get a male side yes. perspective, yeah. So what if you really like the guy? I mean, have you had that where you really like the guy? And I mean, so you really like him, but you're not gonna make a first move? I mean, I guess, yeah, I need to know what, I, I think I have to know what has brought me to really like him first. I mean, have we already started talking? Is it friends of friends? Then, I mean, I try to make it aware, like, I'm kind of interested. Like, you try to put it out there subtly. But I'm saying, like, before, like, the whole initiation, who initiates first, I still don't approach anyone. Yeah, Yeah. this is before so, you even know if you like them or not. Right. 
Okay, so this is like just pre, pre, pre in the beginning. How do you feel when girls hit on you first? Well, I, I, I love it, truthfully. Uh, I have a lot of fun with that. And I also like being the first person to hit on another person. So I like it both ways, truthfully. There's something to be said for someone in general who just goes after what they want. But I, I do agree that a lot of guys want to chase. They like to be the aggressor. They want to be the, the first person to kind of initiate. But I also think if someone, you know, if someone finds someone interesting, that they should just go first regardless of if it's a man or a woman. So let me ask you this, Michael. I need an opinion. So if I'm out, the, the type of guys, do you agree that the type of guys that are more likely to approach me are the ones that are mostly like more confident, always the ones constantly kind of chasing women? Like and the not, slick ones. Like yes. the slick ones and the smooth ones, the smooth operators, and not necessarily the ones that are maybe in for something a little bit more, I don't know, what's the word? Long Substantial term. long term. <laughs> if it, it depends on like the environment. Right. If it's at a bar or like a club and then they come up to you, I think that is like a slick kind of targeting individual that probably has done this a thousand times. And here's no as a potential. Yes. But if you're like at a house party or something like that and you're around a bunch of friends or some people you don't know or, you know, something that's a little softer than that. And then they come up to you. I think I think that's a friendlier approach and I, it feels like a more honest approach at that point. That's like a very good point. It's all in context and in the environment you're in. I do agree. Like if a guy came up to me at a bar or a club or on the street, the first thing you do is to suspect what he's after, yeah. right? The, you, yeah. the first thing a girl wants to do is reject him, no mm -hmm. matter how qualified he may be. Mm -hmm. But if, if, if it's at a house party, if it's at a company event, if it's at like something where you feel comfortable, then mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this guy may be someone great. So maybe we should turn it back around and say, Kiana, maybe you should put yourself in a better environment where you can be hit on by people of more substance. So yeah. that means like church, <laughs> Trader Joe's, you know, the base. Yoga, Marina Safeway. I get it. Marina Safeway. <laughs> um, hiking trips, meetup groups. Producer Julie wants to say something. I feel like Kiana's brought up a good point about like people approaching you in real life. And I think San Francisco has this problem that Ooh. now, because everyone's like head down in their computers and dating apps, mm -hmm. no one actually approaches you. Exactly. So how do you deal with the approach that way? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of guys who would ne don't even approach me, um, maybe I should say like online, like oh, they only know how to approach, there's two groups. One that only I feel like knows how to approach me these days online like if I were to meet them out in public which has actually happened where I've like met someone out in public that I've met online and they were still too afraid to talk to me and they actually went back home and wrote me on the dating app later like I saw you out tonight I <laughs> um, and so it's kind of like we moved away from actually like meeting people in person and approaching people and like only having it behind the screen and the guys that I'm really interested in are not approaching me in person anymore <laughs> I, I, I would have to agree with a lot of that statement. Um, the beautiful thing about online is that it, it's had a lot of great ability for us to communicate with each other. The not so beautiful thing is that now the method of communication is more online and people are scared more in, in person. There, mm -hmm. A lot of people are very terrified, not terrified, but 
it, they don't feel secure in going up to someone face to face because then they personally get rejected when you do it online. At least it's through a filter of like a screen. Well, I think the the problem with San Francisco specifically is that I've you know I I've seen men in many cities and the men in San Francisco are just not hungry. I went to a party during Fourth of July. It was like eighty percent men and twenty percent women. And I asked the guys, I'm like, why why would you still stay at this party? In any other city, guys would be like, peace out. I'm done with this sausage fest. But the guys at this party were like. I'd rather hang out with my guy buddies than like try to bring girls to this party. I have more fun that way. It's just like there lacks a sort of like hunger for some reason. How do we get you guys to be hungry again? Well, just walk around naked. <laughs> <laughs> Simple math. Come on. Maybe I should have told my cousins no. The problem is actually I haven't been naked enough. <laughs> I'm not going to parties naked enough. The problem we're facing, I see this, is that <laughs> women are basically stealing the roles of men, right? We're like becoming more aggressive, we're becoming more powerful. So therefore, men don't know how to approach women anymore. It, it is very intimidating. I had to pretend to be a guy for a day. Don't ask me why. It was for an experiment. Not physically but just think like a guy for a day and approach as many women as possible. And it was really hard. Everyone has like resting bitch face these mm -hmm. days. Isn't it right? Like it's true. I catch myself doing it yeah. all the time. Yeah. I want to go back to Kiana's dilemma, which is okay. should she be approaching more men? I, I personally think that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think that a lot of guys, honestly, to, to, there's a lot of men that would really like that. I'm sorry, but honestly, what man would would hate it if a woman approached him? Come on. But I guess that's the right. point. No right. one's going to hate it. <laughs> Nobody's going to hate it. Every guy's going to love it. Because oh, yeah. the thing is, like, I can approach a guy and I don't think he's going to be like, oh, no, don't yeah, talk no, to me. Yeah, like, no go way. away. No way. But at the same time, like, I don't know if he's going to take me seriously, right? Like, I feel like if I approach him, did I make it so that it's too easy now? And I don't, I'm not one to play games. I'm not like trying to play a game, but I'm saying like, does it immediately in his head register as this girl's really easy, maybe even desperate? I would say probably yes. And you can also make sure that it, the rest of the time isn't that easy. Yeah. First impressions really matter. And there's always the reacher and the settler in a relationship. And I think once you start out as a reacher, mm -hmm. you become the reacher in the relationship. I think it sets the tone for that. I'm just going off science, which is based off The Bachelor and The Bachelorette series, where if you look at the number of couples that have worked out, they've always been more successful on The Bachelor than The Bachelorette. Yeah, The true. Bachelorette, none of those couples have ever worked out because a woman chose. I just, I just think there is a different way. Maybe it's not hitting on him, but maybe it's eye contact. It's eye, con yeah. It's like hitting on him <laughs> without verbally hitting him. Right. Right. Oh, yes. Like, oh my God. Yes. I agree with that completely. Like, if I'm looking at you and I see you looking at me and kind of give like a half smile and look away, got it. Message received. That's the okay. You can come and talk to me. Look. Let's hold that thought for a second. We'll get right back to it.
This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. (laughs) Wait, what? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How long should we be lingering for, eye contact-wise? Five seconds, six seconds? 20 minutes. 20 minutes? (laughs) That's a a lot of work. You'd be calling the cops if I were just staring at you for 20 minutes and didn't say anything. That is just creepy. I would say enough to see... For you, when you see that I see, and there's like a beat of a moment where it lasts a little bit longer than normal, 
and then you kind of slowly look away or do a little smile, I think that's enough. That's so hard to do. It's it so sounds hard. so easy. It's so hard. I tried that, and I just felt like I was a lunatic. Me too. <laughs> Me too, which is why I don't do it. I'm like, no, this seems so, so weird, so awkward. But I think let's go back to the culture of San Francisco, though, with approaching in bars. Because I feel like it's gone Down. downhill with dating apps. So this oh, yeah. is, I, I have a really, like, in terms of a people approaching me in bars versus online, too, this is, like, another interesting phenomenon. I have to say this, I'm a black female dating in San Francisco, so it brings a little bit of a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But, so, I do feel as though people are more comfortable approaching online. But at the same time, the type of guys that approach me online versus the type of guys that approach me in person are very different. Totally. Right? So online, I also feel like I get screened out a lot of the times, because you can be so picky, right? You can say upfront, I want this guy this tall, I want him in this ethnicity, I want him to make sometimes in certain apps this much money, have this degree, uh, et cetera. So you like pre-filter so many people. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing my cousin was like, you're so picky, you know? I think it has also bred this culture of being super picky Right with anyone that does approach you, that you do see, and everything, you feel like there's so much opportunity that you just kind of like can weed out like majority of people. And so I'm not, I, I do feel like I'm not as open, right, to yeah. a lot of people. But at the same time, a lot of people aren't as open to me online. So I try, like, I do notice that there's a very di big difference between being approached on bars and the type of guys that approach me and when they meet me in person, those are not the type of guys that ever approach me online. I, absolutely. I mean, they see a different person right. when they see you because they see your vibe. They see kind of your personality. Yeah. The problem with online is that it's great for certain people. You got to mm -hmm. know your market. Mm -hmm. If you're a tall white man, oh. you are killing it online. Killing it. Killing it. So you, easy. You may get nobody in real life, <laughs> but online, you're killing it. Yeah. I mean, everybody's swiping right for you. It's true. But if you're a woman of certain ethnicities or if you're a short male, yeah. you are that is not the market for Forget you. Forget it. Forget yeah. it. No one's approaching you online. That's just not going to happen. You get filtered <laughs> out or you get filtered in by all the creepos, those yes. fetish guys. I think what we need to get to is how do we, where and how do we make ourselves more available mm -hmm. for us to be hit on by the right people? By the right people. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think, well, I kind of want to maybe challenge that idea of maybe getting hit on versus just going out like to a community, getting to know people, and then kind of going from that space as opposed to like just getting hit on. It's true. And I do feel like I meet people more organically. It always works out a lot better. That's 100% true. I do think, though, it's still hard to find that organic group and um, to find the right match or the, the right group and mix of people. That's a very specific San Francisco problem, too, just because, like, nobody works traditional hours, really. Yeah, everyone's working a job, a side startup. It's not like when we were in school or like had very traditional corporate jobs where we had very solid social circles. Now it's like we have to go out, go out and find that. Yeah. And we have to try literally everything in the city to right. find that group. Right. It's really tough. And another part too is I'm kind of almost contradicting myself, but I'm not completely where I, I remember I had a situation a, a little while ago where I was at a bar and my back was on someone. And so I just started dancing, kind of like back to back. I, I had no idea who was on my back. And this person was dancing with me. And then I turned around and it was this woman and we started talking. 
And it was it was organic. It was an accident. It was a happy accident. We bumped into each other, started dancing. Then we actually saw each other. Uh, then we started dancing all night and having fun. And then we uh, had a good time afterwards. So we that should. Was, <laughs> that was definitely you making the first move. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to rub my back on every guy <laughs> that I think it's cute. And then hopefully he'll just. That actually will probably work. Actually, I think we have stumbled upon the new pickup, you know, method in San Francisco. I'll just push you. <laughs> yeah. It could be like the most empty room. You just happen to, you know, rub your back against his back, whatever. You just like, have, oh. you have no spatial awareness, whatever. That's You could just do it to people on the street, of course. I'm totally going to go on a little tangent, but my friend in Vegas spotted this guy that she really liked, and she had me push her in the Lazy River oh. at him, and then they hit it off. And so, see, that works. Accident. When you create serendipity, it works. My buddy and I, we used to go to the park and throw around a frisbee, and we would call it fishing, where I would accidentally, on purpose, throw the frisbee into a group of girls. He'd catch it. And then we'd start playing with them, and then it keeps going from there. So ladies, Lafayette Park on Saturday? <laughs> you guys, I think we're on to something. I, I mean, as much as we're joking about this, I think, one, having a good wing woman or wingman mm -hmm. next to you, mm -hmm. and two, finding that finding those opportunities where you can create serendipitous moments, right? right? Yeah, so it's not necessarily being blunt and like hitting on them you know, directly, but, you know, maybe invading their personal space a little bit, <laughs> winking at them from across the room. This is what we're saying, throwing frisbees their direction. I got it. I got it. I think I got it. I so think I in the it. olden days, there's something called like the white handkerchief approach, where the woman would like throw down her handkerchief and then the man would we'll pick come it up. Oh. So it's kind of the same, but in a modern perspective. Oh. I'm going to start throwing carrots. Like, I just think that's better for the environment. I, you know, it's in San Francisco, just start throwing quinoa, like, everywhere. <laughs> um, any other takeaways? Michael? Let's see. I think I'm, one of the things I'm taking away is, like, we as a people need to be open for situations to happen, right? Kiana was talking about how you know, she wants people to make the first move. And guys, if something's happening, like, just go with it. Like, they, it might not have been a direct first move, but indirectly, something's happening. So allow yourself to be open for that so that, you know, you might get to discover a relationship by accident. Yeah, it definitely goes both ways, it feels like. I will be more open and I'm hoping that guys listening to this will be more open too if I do, you know, create that moment. I might be very blunt, throw the frisbee right out there and has date me on the <laughs> right on But my I won't say it <laughs> Love it. Okay, let's go on to our question of the day. I do have a question. It's sort of related. Um, uh, my friend asked me over this weekend, she's like, what is the, the protocol for dating someone who used to date one of your friends. Maybe not an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend, but someone who may have gone on a few dates with them. Now, this is very common for San Francisco because the dating pool is small and we all know each other and somehow we've all dated each other, yeah. right? Um, but she was at a dinner where her friend had introduced her to uh, some guy that she, the, her friend just started dating. And um, my friend recognized him from a dating app, and they had just recently connected. So she, she was like, what is the protocol for something like that? Yeah. Answers? I think there's a couple of variables. The first one is, like, 
how long did the people date and how long ago did they date? And then also more importantly, how do they feel now post breakup? Even if it was years ago, was this like the love of their life and it would still be uncomfortable? See, I think that, but I think that's second tier. Like if you went on like two dates and it was a year and a half ago, I'm not going to check with you. Like I'm just not going to happen. No, no, no. What? Why? Guy code and girl code might be different Maybe on this. different. <laughs> I feel like even if my friend went on one date with a guy, I would feel like he was a little bit off limits. A little bit. Like, I would need to check in. I feel like one date or two dates, like, I still feel like I need to just check in. Like, oh, you dated him? Like, first of all, do you think we'll hit it off? Because, <laughs> yeah. like, why didn't that work out? Yeah. And then second of all, like, is that cool? Yeah. Most of the time they would be totally fine with it. It's just more like you're not going to find out some other way. True. You just have to communicate it. Right. If she was important enough for him to talk to me about it, like on a consistent basis, then we need to have a discussion. I think that's a good guideline. Have you guys ever heard of Pinky Buddies? Oh, God. Do oh, I want to I can only guess what that means. Yeah. So if we, if we ended up sleeping uh, with the same person, we're considered like Pinky Buddies or something like that. It's also Eskimo twins. You guys. <laughs> And Pogo Sisters for women. Pogo Sisters? Oh my gosh. Pogo Sisters. I never heard that one before. I'm just not going to have any sort of penetration for the next 10 years. I have to avoid all of this. Okay, um, Michael, do you want to wrap this up? All right, so I think that's it for today. Don't forget to submit your stories. And remember, we can keep your name anonymous. You can be John Doe or Jane Doe. We will keep all parties safe. And one more thing. Stay dateable. The Dateable podcast is recorded in San Francisco. We would like to thank our sponsor, 500 Brunches, for making this happen. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com. Mm-hmm.